0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. So here's what we're going to do just for the next few minutes. I'm going to talk on the concept of honor. We've been in this one initiative series. And so God is wanting to take us forward as one in this word called honor. Everybody say honor, okay? Honor, there's a lot of different uh, words that I would say are very, very important, as Julie mentioned, to this, this kingdom reality, this kingdom culture. But honor is at the core of them. Honor is so massively important, and you can go ahead and do your own studies on it, but there's the word honor all checkered throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, but we're going to specifically start off by looking in John chapter 17, and the reason we're going to go there is because this is a really important moment in the life of Jesus as he's getting ready to go to the cross and he knows his life on earth is going to come to an end. Of course, we know the story. He will resurrect from the dead. He will spend 40 days giving instruction to his followers about the kingdom of God and then he will ascend to the right hand of the Father and the disciples will actually witness this. So, it's a powerful moment in the life and ministry of Jesus. And it's important for us to understand what was going on at that time. What was he trying to communicate to his followers? And many of them still just didn't get it at this time. That's why he had to stay around for a little bit after post-resurrection, hang out with them and kind of talk to them about the things they didn't understand. But So this is the context of what we're getting into as we look into the word. John chapter 17, we're going to start out in verse 21 and then we're going to reverse and go back to, to John chapter uh, 17 verse 1. But look at, look at what he says here. This is so powerful. He says, I pray. Now let's pause there for just a minute. When Jesus asks something of the Father, how many of you know he is going to get an answer to what he is actually asking? Okay. Thank you, Peter. The reason we know he's going to get an answer is Jesus had the ability to pray the exact will of the Father. So when you pray in alignment with the Father's will, how many of you know God is already at work, so he's going to do what you just prayed, and now there's, there's a partnership here because we are on, on earth, he is in heaven, now the two things are enjoined with one another, and something's going to be set into motion when you come into agreement with what God is already up to and what he's already saying. Hello? Hello? This is why Jesus said, if you want to pray, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be the name. Thy kingdom come. Thy what? Will be done. And that's actually, if you look at the language there, it's a command. Will of God be done. That's an intercessory reality right there where we tap into what God is saying and we command it to come. That is not presumptuous. That is our responsibility as intercessors, those who live to, to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. This is a whole other message, but it's very, very important. So he says, I pray that they will be, what does he say? Hmm. So there's something very, like we, when we came up with this one initiative, it wasn't just like out of nowhere, y'all. Everything's intentional here. This is the final prayer of Jesus for his followers, those who would believe in his name. He said, I pray that they would be one. What does he say? just as you, Father, and I are, okay, that, guys, I could sit and just mind explode on that all the rest of the morning. He didn't pray that they'd be one like and give another illustration. He he said that they would be one as what? You and I, Father, are one. Is there any more, any other relationship that has the kind of unity and oneness that God himself has. No. And he's praying that for us. He says, Father, and I am in you. Uh, Father, sorry, you are in me, Father, and I in you. So they're talking about their, it's like, it's like when you're married or you have just a best friend. There's such a, such a unity in, in, in your relationship that you can almost finish each other's sentences. It's like people, you almost start to look, people start to think that, you're, that you look alike. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it, it's that, that's kind of what he's saying here. Like you're in me and I'm in you and yet they're two completely different entities, right? But they're, but they're so unified, they look like one, right? And may they be in us, So they're unified, and then they're asking God, would we be unified into them? Now, here's the crazy thing that he says after this. So that, what? The world will believe that you sent me. I think it's all of our desire in this room for the world to actually believe in Jesus. Jesus. But not just believe in Jesus, believe who this Jesus actually is. This is really important because a lot of people will say, I believe in Jesus. But for them, he might be some cosmic Santa Claus that is there to give them the wishes that they beseech him for. And when those things don't come, they get disillusioned with the cosmic Santa Claus called Jesus. Others may think he was actually a prophet. There are religions out there all over this world, major religions, that believe in Jesus. But they believe he is only a prophet. So when he's talking about that the world would believe that you sent me, What? Is he getting that here? He wants the world to understand and know that he is God in the flesh. Exhibiting the full and exact nature of the Father himself as he walks in earth. As this God man. God with us, yet one who gave up his divine privileges as being God. Why is that so important, Darren? Because listen, now we have an example to follow. If he came fully as God, which he did, but he didn't give up his divine privileges and walk on earth as a man, then we wouldn't have an example to follow because we can never live up to that. But now he's saying, listen, I was graced by the Father to do it, as God, given up my divine privileges, I've now served as an example for you. Now I live on the inside of you, and I'm going to grace you with the same capacity that I was given to live a life out that looks like mine. This is massive. When I was um, doing my flight trainings 15 years ago, actually I think it might be 16 now, it's hard to, hard to really... Comprehend that, but I was, I was learning lots of things, but the two most vital things that I had to learn to do were takeoffs and landings. How many of you know those are very important aspects of flying? What you guys don't know is that the most vulnerable part of the flight is actually on the takeoff. Y'all are sitting on the airline as you're flying, thinking that everything is all good. And those guys up in the cockpit are praying, may God get us to altitude without any issues. Altitude, we get scared of heights. Altitude is a good friend to the pilot. Why? Because you have some, you have some options if something were to go wrong, especially the higher you are. Okay, so when I was getting trained, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize this, that this is a really most vulnerable part of the flight. The landing is the most difficult part of the flight, but the most vulnerable part of the flight is takeoff. What I also didn't understand, you know, when they get on the radio with the tower, uh, Delta flight 49, would you please taxi via Echo and Bravo to runway 09er? Well, why did they pick that runway? Do you guys, anybody know why they, why did they choose that runway? Was it the runway of the day club? Is that where they, why they were sending the airline to take off from that runway? Does anybody know, except for John to answer this, um, why they chose and sent them to that runway? Wind! Which direction is the wind blowing? Does anybody, can anybody say why they were chosen to go that runway because of the wind? It's blowing against them, Right? And the reason that this is important is it gives the, the plane the ability to have lift. And when, it, when the plane is coming down, it's the same thing. You fly into the wind. And it gives you the capacity to land a lot easier. When I was thinking about this, I was like, wow, the wind. There, there, it, it's, it's, it's something that we can't see coming from a source, if you will, right? Right? You ever been out there in the wind, and it's blowing, it's in your face, and it's like, it's real, you feel it, you know it's there, it's coming from wherever, however, and, and you're like, but, it, but it's hitting you in the face, and there's something very powerful about that. Well, look at this with me in John chapter 17, verse 1. After he said these things, which you'll have to go and read those verses before John chapter 17 to figure out what he's trying to talk, what he was talking about there, it says that he looked up to heaven why was he always face-to-face with the Father? Because there was a wind coming from that place to his soul. You see, a lot of times we don't want to deal with the wind because maybe it'll mess up our hair, ladies in the room, right? Come on. Wendy hates the wind. I always, like, we have, we have a, a convertible that my dad gave to us. And I like taking her for rides. But if she doesn't have a hat on, she is miserable because of the wind on her hair. But there's this, there's this aspect with God where as we look at God, we, we, we engage him face to face. The Brazilians and Portuguese would say face face. Face, face to face. It's what happened with Jacob when he had an encounter with God. What did that encounter look like? It looked like an encounter face to face with God. What about Moses? When God came and passed by, like it was it was an an encounter with the face of God. The Lord was like, Listen, if you look at me, I don't even know if you're gonna be able to live. It's so powerful, it's like a wind that allows you to take off in life and to land. But here's the thing that we don't understand. It's not only face to face with God, but it's face to face with each other. Sometimes I even, this is weird, Darren, in my thoughts, so just go with me for a minute. But I look at this room and I'm like, I see this chairs stacked like this. I'm all, the reason they're curved is because I want you to somehow see the other people in the room. It's not because we thought the look was cooler. I'm like, we don't, we don't look at each other. We need to create environments And and these are really important for us to do as the body of Christ moving forward. Environments, that's why I'm so excited about Beauty and Breakthrough, is because we need environments where we sit not only face-to-face with God, but we sit face-to-face with one another. Why? Because you can't take off into your destiny without sitting face-to-face with God and the wind that's flowing from Him. And guess what? You can't take off into your destiny unless you're sitting face-to-face with other people that enables you to step into your destiny. Oh, we think, oh, it's just me and God. That is garbage. It isn't just you and God. God never created you just to walk by yourself and absent from community. God has you face-to-face with him, and then he puts the reality of that into motion as you're face-to-face with other people. We are scared to death of vulnerability. But vulnerability is going to give us the wind from heaven that we're going to need to take off into new seasons which we're coming up into one, and also land and, and fulfill and walk outrightly the last season that we were in. How many of you know it's important to be face-to-face with God in seasons you're ending, face-to-face with people in seasons that you're ending? Because how you lived and existed in one season is how you'll enter into the next season. God, help a brother out. Okay? So here's what he said to the father in verse one The hour has come, glorify your son. Well, doesn't that seem a little self serving? Dad, hey, the hour's come, glorify me. But then we don't see the last part of that sentence. So that I can do what? Give glory back to you. Face-to-face with God. The word here for glory is the word doxazeo, which means to honor. In other words, he's saying, honor your son so that I can what? Honor you. Face-to-face with the Lord. Guess what? In my marriage, okay, there's wind from heaven as I'm asking God, glorify me, honor me, so that I can bring honor back to you. But then in my relationships, it's the same exact uh, question and, and, and life that I live. It's like, I want to, I want to honor my wife. I want, I want all that's in her to come fully out, and, and so that she can be everything that she was created to be. Think about this. What if everybody in the body of Christ was in a place with God, face to face with the Lord, they're bold enough to ask him, Glorify me or honor me with your presence, however that looks, so that I can give glory and honor back to you. But then we also step into face-to-face relationships, and we live in a reciprocal reality where we understand. Did you ever see that movie? I can't remember the name of it right now. It's Tom Cruise and um, Renee Zellweger. I think he was the, the sports, uh, what was it called? Jerry Maguire. Remember the, the, the line in that movie? He, he looks at her and he goes, you complete me. What is he? The, sometimes God has to take worldly movies like that to teach us kingdom principles. We don't understand that we are completed in God himself. And it's linked to not just Jesus being some prophet or Jesus being some nice guy or a cosmic Santa Claus that's there to fulfill all of our little prayer wishes that don't have anything to do with his will. Come on, you remember that boyfriend or girlfriend that you asked God for? Please, God, give me this person to be my wife or my husband. You are thanking him now that he didn't answer your prayer. Or maybe... It didn't have happened, and you're like, what have I done? <laughs> but we are complete in this one, and you, you guys can come back up, in this one who existed before anything else existed. He's not just some prophet. He existed before anything else existed. He has no beginning. He has no end. The the world needs to understand that the answer to the dreams of their heart is Jesus and Jesus alone. Oh, that's really narrow-minded, Darren, what you're trying to come up with and throw that religious stuff on me. The reason people don't get it is because they haven't seen it manifest in us. Because we're not walking in union with God or with each other. But when we do, they're going to start to go, wait a minute, maybe there is something to this thing called the body of Christ, the church. Reciprocal relationship. That's not transactional. You know what transactional is? Hey, Gabby, if um, you do this for me, then maybe I'll do something for you, help you out a little bit. If you guys give in to the one initiative, and I ask our financial people for that information, then I'm going to treat you differently because you made a transaction. Are you following me? This is how the world, that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works like this. I'm here to give everything of my life to you so that you can soar and be everything that God called you to be. As we mature, then that's reciprocated. Not because we have a transactional agreement, but because we're maturing. And we all begin to realize we're here to make someone perfect. you complete me we're so disposable of our relationships in the body of Christ we should be when someone goes away the one leaves the 99 we should be weeping with all of our hearts when someone's not walking in the fullness of their destiny we should be so long suffering and so believing for God to break through into their hearts why? because they're a part of our success, of our takeoffs, and of our landings. Not just God. Other people are a part of our destiny, and we don't even get it. We don't even fully understand that. And that's why we don't really honor other people. And let's, can we just be honest this morning? Like, we live in a culture in America that's very independent. You go to a lot of other cultures, they're way more communal than us. I love the Asian culture. They, they way more have respect and, 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 and esteem for the elderly. Here we toss the elderly away. That's wrong, right? Because the elderly, they, they carry wisdom. They carry beauty. Remember one ministry, they had this building that they were building for older people to come and live in, and they called it the Refirement Center. I like that. Why not the greatest years of your life be when you're in that twilight it's not called the twilight zone but that that the twilight years could look like the twilight zone you know but where you really you really have something to give away to other people let's empower that let's empower that would you stand with me we're going to Lift up a song here. This is, this is awesome. The final prayer of Jesus for his followers, which he said, by the way, were not just these ones that he was with at the time. He said for all those that would follow in his name, was make them one as you and I, Father, are one. So that the world may believe. His final prayer, which goes hand in hand with this, if you remember, he's on the cross, he's about to take his last breath, and what does he say? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are. Come on. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. The first one over us was a prayer of activation. Come on, church. Get activated. If you're stuck, get out of that place. If you're offended, if you're unable to connect with other people in in a face-to-face kind of intimate way. I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, man, we do church really well with large gatherings and even kind of small groups, 15, because you can still hide in both. And if you're not careful, even with the one-on-one or the two-on-one or the three-on-one kind of times, You could, oh, how's everything? Oh, it's awesome. Catch the wind. Catch the wind that's coming off your brother or your sister. Don't be afraid of vulnerability. Don't be afraid to humble yourself. Don't be afraid to break through because honor will meet you there. And then we can fulfill the redemption prayer of Jesus. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. He didn't even judge them. Can you imagine? He didn't say, Father, wipe them off the face of the planet. So here's my question Do we believe that the whole world could believe? What if the church was living this reality? The whole world. And that was happening. Every nation, every tongue, every tribe marginalized people are getting encountered by the love of God can we just pray that today as we close Spirit of God may the prayer of Jesus that was 2,000 years ago over us not just his disciples but over us would his prayer reverberate in the very essence and core of our being today could we catch the wind of a glance towards heaven at this one that is seated upon the throne that rules and reigns even now over all principalities all powers, all forces all dominions because he has conquered death hell And the grave. Could we catch a wind? Even right now, look up to heaven. Could we catch a wind? Just see in the beauty of this one. The only one worthy to open up any scroll and set anything into motion. And then God, could you give us the capacity to look into the face of our husband or our wife And be able to give honor to see them, our friend, our colleague, our neighbor, our co-worker. And see them, even if they're treating us a certain way, not reciprocate anger for anger, but reciprocate honor and love. To break them out of where they are and see them come into the fullness of what God intended for their lives. Just lift our hands to heaven God we surrender to this we surrender to this part of your heart come and have your way could you pray that with me have your way let your kingdom come let your will be done here as we come into a landing next Sunday and then we get ready to take off May the wind of God be at our face. May we be on the right runway. May we hear your instructions. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.